Hey, welcome back to the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO. And I'm your host, Doug Lear. The last shot, the last shot for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Uh, we still have a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. We're going to get you a podcast extra with Bruin Agri Gone Outdoors, uh, and you can listen to them. You listen to Bruin Agri Gone Outdoors on Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. We know not everybody can listen to them on Saturday mornings. We know not everybody can listen to a podcast. So we break out a podcast extra for you each and every weekend. Before we do that, let's get you a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. You read her work in Dakota Country Magazine. She is an award-winning outdoors communicator, and she connects with uh, the people and the places, the bait shops, the gas stations, the motels, the resorts, the guides, to give us a better idea of where people are going, what they're doing, what they're finding outdoors. Well, Pat, what's cooking outdoors this week? Thanks, Doug. Well, in checking elsewhere around North Dakota, fishing activity remains light, including less activity on Devil's Lake, as hunting is in the spotlight. Anglers still heading out on Devil's Lake, though, continue jigging around the rock piles and bridges for walleye. Reports are light and limited elsewhere, but over in the Missouri River system, the tail race continues producing catfish from both boat and shore. A few walleye, trout, and salmon are mixed in for the boat anglers, but overall it's still slow. Plus, there aren't that many anglers on the water on the river. Salmon remain stacked up in some of the east end bays on Lake Skakwea, including Government and Pochant Bays on the east side of Garrison Dam or Scoria Bay on the west side. The bite's still inconsistent, though. Try early morning hours, before sunrise, or after sundown from shore. Some anglers are finding success on the US, along the U.S. 83 embankment on Lake Skakawea for walleye, with water being moved from Lake Audubon into Skakawea for Audubon's annual winter drawdown. The better walleye bite still seems west towards Beaver Bay on the south shore, or Deepwater Bay and towards the river portion of Lake Skakwea near Newtown on the North Shore. Look for a little better activity in the Van Hook Arm yet, but overall the fall walleye bite is on the sluggish side and the fish are still deep. Lake Audubon, though, continues producing walleye. Try pitching jigs and minnows along points or its back bays in 2 to 8 feet on Audubon, or the east side culverts by that same Highway 83 embankment where the water's going into Sakakuya. Look for continued bass success as well on Lake Audubon using topwater baits in the early morning hours. With pheasant season now in full gear, opening weekend hunters found numbers of birds that weren't fully colored yet, so it made identification an absolute must. Overall, there was generally fair success, and hunters are still seeing better-than-usual partridge numbers than in past years. Some northern waterfowl are starting to move in, with more swans in the northwest, scattered snow geese in central North Dakota, and some movement of sandhill cranes. There's also some lesser Canada geese starting to head south. Appreciate that report. That is Pat Stockdale. And she is an award-winning outdoors communicator. Again, read her work in Dakota Country Magazine and various other publications across the Midwest. Well, October is a huge month for the outdoors. You are knocking on the door of deer season. Uh, pheasant season is open. And just about everything but deer season is opened up. Don't forget there's people that are out there catching some fall walleye, maybe a little more fall fishing. For me, it's a huge month. As uh, as I rolled through the list of my sister's birthday, 
my mother-in-law's birthday, my brother-in-law's birthday. Then, okay, so I've, I've gotten those out of the way. My sister, Deanne, my brother-in-law, Brian Ament, both of them in Jamestown, my mother-in-law, Jan Kaiser, in beautiful North River, North Dakota. And then my brother-in-law, Dan Gonshirowski, my sister-in-law, Pam Kaiser, both celebrating birthdays. I know I'm making this all about me. Totally guilty. And bigger than all of those, my daughter, Katie, is celebrating a birthday. So very happy birthday to my daughter, Katie Lear. Happy birthday. Love you. As, uh, yeah, so you, 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 you combine that with everything going on outdoors, and it's a time. I, I love October. I, I absolutely do. We know what's coming, but we appreciate the day for what it is. Right now, it's time to get you that podcast extra from Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. You hear Brewer and Agri gone outdoors at 11 o'clock on Saturday morning. Not everybody can listen then, and not everybody can check out their podcast. So here is a podcast extra from Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. And we're going to head down to southern Minnesota and chat with Sarah Stroman. She is the commissioner of the Minnesota DNR. How are you doing, Sarah? I'm doing very well. How are the two of you? Doing very, Fantastic. very, very well. And even better now, every time we get to talk to uh, the commissioner, it's it's a good day in our book. Well, it's a treat for me, too. So thank you. So a week ago, uh, Governor Waltz was in Moorhead to present a proclamation naming the fourth Saturday of each year, Minnesota Hunting and Fishing Day. And this is on the 50th anniversary of the National Hunting and Fishing Day. I mean, how cool is that? Yeah, it's very it's very cool. And uh, as you said, this is a, a national tradition. It has been since uh, 1972 as a way to promote uh, outdoor sports and conservation. And so it was wonderful to add a little extra special recognition here in Minnesota, as the governor declared um, last Saturday, the 24th of, of September, uh, Hunting and Fishing Day here in Minnesota. And it was perfect because it fell on the, the eve of the waterfall opener and uh, Take a Kid hunting weekend. What a fantastic, uh, just timing wise, as you said, waterfall opener, we have, we have, uh, you know, deer opener archery, uh, the season has been open for a couple of weeks. I mean, fishing is still going strong. Just everything really is kind of at the culmination of, of, um, all of those outdoor passions and governor walls was, was really, he emphasized the fact that this is, this is really kind of multifaceted. It is, our heritage, which is super important here in, in the part of the world that we live. And it's also to recognize the uh, economic impact that the outdoor sports have on our part of the world. So a lot really goes going into that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, it really is, as you said, multifaceted, right? It's about the tradition um, that hunters and anglers uh, have in the state of Minnesota, the role that they've played in preserving our public lands and our waters, um, and uh, the connection that, that as individuals, as hunters and anglers that we have uh, to those lands. And then, of course, the economic. And, and that's really exciting. Um, last year, we had uh, over 2 million licensed hunters and anglers, and they generated about $104 million to support conservation efforts in at the Minnesota DNR. And uh, and then you, that's just the, that direct contribution when you think about 
all of the ancillary benefits that comes out of, you know, hunters and anglers going to the gas stations and going to the restaurants and the gear they buy and all of those things. It's really a tremendous economic uh, impact to the state of Minnesota and to all kinds of communities like Moorhead, but communities across the state. You know, Sarah, I, I think that this whole thing, there are so many different levels to it. You know, like you just talked a lot about uh, the benefits to the state of Minnesota and to the people of Minnesota. You know, when I look at this, I look at the benefits of each individual resident, each resident that has been going out hunting with their with their fathers or mothers and grandparents uh, you know, that individual family heritage that or a lot of people are fortunate to be brought up in. And having that, you know, that's that's the grassroots level. And then it goes from there to businesses. You know, how many businesses have had outdoor businesses for so many years that that's their heritage is that outdoor business. And then you get to the state level and, and the state funding and all of that and how do we keep that all going all at the same time i mean there's so many moving balls and it's i think it's just super cool that the state recognizes that and does everything they can to help yeah and it's it's about recognizing those traditions and those contributions and that heritage and then i think also pivoting and looking forward and and making sure that those opportunities those Outdoor recreation spaces, our public lands, our our waters, our fish uh, remain for future generations. So that you know, Minnesotans uh, of tomorrow will have those same opportunities to to enjoy the outdoors. You know, Commissioner Stroman, you you sort of alluded to this before, but I know we have some listeners who may not be completely familiar with how the mechanism and the functions work. That money that we uh, put on the counter when we go out to our sporting goods store, our bait store, or wherever it might be and purchase a Minnesota hunting or fishing license, that directly goes, you know, a, a big portion of that directly goes back into uh, supporting conservation efforts, supporting land access, supporting um, managing the wildlife within the state. Maybe you want to talk just a minute about, you know, kind of how that process works and how it is looking towards the future to make sure we continue to provide that heritage going forward. Yeah, it's super important. And in fact, um, for if you look at fisheries and wildlife management in the state of Minnesota, um, the most important way that we fund uh, those activities is through the license dollars. Um, and then, of course, there's also in Minnesota, we're fortunate to have a portion of our sales tax dedicated and a portion of our lottery dedicated. But those license dollars are like the bread and butter um, of how we do our work to to not only um, maintain uh, populations of, of fish uh, in our lakes and, and various species of wildlife out on the land, um, but ensure that, that there are opportunities for the public to go and enjoy activities, whether it is wildlife watching or it is hunting or it is, is angling. And so, 
Um, yeah, when you go and buy your license, those those dollars come uh, to the department. They are they become part of our game and fish fund, not to get too technical, but that is what we spend then on, on game and fish management. And I think a lot of Minnesotans would be surprised to learn that uh, zero of our general tax dollars are actually allocated towards uh, fish and wildlife in Minnesota. It really comes from those license fees and then from those other um, sales tax and, and lottery sources that I mentioned. And so, um, you know, it's an it's an incredible uh, contribution that um, folks who who use and enjoy the resources make to um, perpetuating those those opportunities and making sure that the resources are maintained in a in a quality state. So, Sarah, here's a question then: uh, If so, like the the state parks, do they ride basically on a budget from? state park fees or is there other state money that comes into that and the same with just regular parks and trails where people generally don't have to pay a fee how is all that managed yeah that's a great question um the funding the funding gets complicated uh quickly in our world and um (laughs) but for for parks and trails um it is a combination like everything um it is a portion of the the park um, vehicle permit uh, that funds it. There is, in that case, a portion of general tax dollars that go to fund parks and trails. We also have a portion of the sales tax, um, a portion of the the lottery that goes to that. And then um, I I should have also mentioned the fabulous license plates that we have in the state of Minnesota. And one of those options you can choose is a a state park um, plate. And that will, uh, you put an extra contribution on top of your uh, vehicle registration and that gets you access. It's your vehicle permit and in addition, uh, a contribution to our parks. We also have critical habitat plates so that you can directly support um, habitat in Minnesota too. So that's, that is another way that, that we generate revenue and people can, um, you know, contribute and, and show their pride in, in Minnesota's outdoors by uh, displaying it on your car. Yeah, which is great. Um, and hopefully a lot of our listeners do that. They support the DNR in every way that you possibly can because uh, with all the work that you guys do with pretty much everything outdoors, not just hunting and fishing like we started out this, this discussion with, uh, pretty much everything outdoor re- recreation, uh, you guys have a hand in it. Uh, we're talking with Sarah Stroman, Commissioner in Minnesota DNR, about Governor Waltz's proclamation making September 24th Minnesota Hunting and Fishing Day. That's super cool, Sarah, and I don't know if you had anything to do with that or not, but um, it's it's awesome that that's happened and that Governor Waltz is supporting uh, hunters and fishermen in that way. Yeah, and I just want to say, too, I think, um, you know, the DNR is one piece of that, but it's really um, the hunters and anglers and and the organizations that um, represent hunters and anglers across the state of Minnesota. So partners like Ducks Unlimited, Minnesota Deer Hunters, Pheasants Forever, you know, they all have a huge part in this as well. And so it was great to have uh, some of those partners out there celebrating the proclamation as well. Um, I, I like to say I think one of the strongest parts of our mission is the very first part that says we work with Minnesotans. And so I think, you know, the proclamation uh, is, is, of course, meaningful to us and the work that we do, but it's also meaningful to the to the Minnesotans who uh, just so value the outdoors and those organizations uh, that, that work with us to provide those opportunities and resources. Yeah, very well said. 
Uh, Sarah Stroman, Commissioner of Minnesota DNR. Thank you very much, Sarah, for coming on Gone Outdoors. Thank you for having me. Well, that is going to wrap things up for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Appreciate the podcast extra being made available by Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. Uh, make sure you check out them Saturday mornings at 11 o'clock. And then also you can check out their podcast at kfgo.com. This has been the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO and FM 104.7. Till next time, I'm Doug Lear reminding you, as always, keep your lines tight and your powder dry. Have a great one out there.